0: In Parsha's Bahar we have a Pesach, where the Pesach discusses, v'chiyomuch achichef, a yid goes poor, geir when it's a geir, a soyishov, which is a person that stopped, is not serving, a v'chay imoch, you have to support him, al tikach me'it v'sarbis. you shouldn't take any interest from him. Chazal tells us in the Gemara that when it says, al tikach me'it v'sarbis, you're not allowed to take interest, this only applies to a yid, not to a geir, not to a toyishov. And that's why it says al in the singular. It doesn't say al in the plural, meaning it only refers to a yid. I ah, the Pesach says ger in this very posik, That's only as far as v'chai imoch, meaning that you have to support them, you have to help them, but not as far as interest is concerned. The Rambam writes that a goy and a ger toishav, you could lend them and borrow from them an interest, to a Yid you're not allowed, but to the rest of the world you are allowed. The Rambam tells us that it's a mitzvah say to give a loan to a on interest, because the Pesach says, We have passed down from Moshe Rabbeinu that it's actually a mitzvah say meaning to say that there are three categories over here in, regarding, in regards to lending on interest. For a Yid it would be Osr to lend to another Yid on interest, A ger toyshov, you are allowed to lend an interest, and an akum, a goy, or an idol worshiper, it's actually a mitzvah to take from him interest. Now the fact that a Torah allows to take interest from a goy, or from a ger toyshov, even though, of course, we're not allowed to steal, we're not allowed to rob, anything, uh, whether from a yid or from a goy, and this is mido'i raiso, and from a mido'i raiso, we're also not allowed to trick, and not allowed to deceive any sort of person in, business dealings, and again this applies to a goy and to a yid equally. So why are we allowed to take interest? So the Rebbe says this is understood because Ribis' interest is different than stealing, robbing, deceiving. As the Gemara says, that really even by a yid, we wouldn't know that you're not allowed to take interest just based on the fact that you're not allowed to steal and you're not allowed to trick and deceive. Because in these other halachis of gezel, of stealing, etc., is clearly... You're doing it in a in a way that the person is unaware. When you're deceiving him, he's clearly not aware. And when you're stealing him, you're taking it away against his will. Against his will. Whereas by interest, he's giving it willingly, he's giving it with his own knowledge. And since Uribisin's interest is different than these other forms of robbery, where the person is giving it with his own knowledge, so therefore it makes sense that the Torah, we can understand that the Torah. Did not make an isur on taking ribis, which is obviously much lighter than these other forms of stealing. This isur is only from a yid, but not from a goy. But the fact that it should be a mitzvah assay to take interest from the idol worshiper, we need to understand. Even though it's true that the loivah is giving, this borrower is giving the interest with his own free will. But the Torah does call it neshech, which neshech means, as Rashi says, that it's like a, the bite of a snake. In other words, it really hurts the person, etc. And the bottom line is that in all of these different categories, you're always making the person lose money. So what's the reason that in certain cases we are told that we can actually, we should, it's a mitzvah to take away the money from the goi through this interest. In order to understand, as the Rebbe says, we have machloikus of the poiskim, whether one could be moichel, whether one could forgo his rights in the area of ribis, meaning to say, I don't mind, And you could have the interest, I don't mind paying the interest. And as we'll see over here, the Machloikas is mainly about once the interest was given already, whether the Malva has to give it back, whether the lender actually needs to give it back. So we have the opinion of the Goinim that says that if the Malva, if the lender already collected the Ribis, the Loiver cannot come along and say, I don't mind, I'm Moichel, I'm waiving my rights, and you don't have to give it back to me. The reason for this is, because in essence, every concept of ribis is really idea of mechila. Where the loyveh is saying, I don't mind to pay the ribis. But the Torah is not moichol. The Torah is saying it's oser. And therefore, the whole concept of mechila does not help by ribis. And therefore, even if the money was given already, he would have to return it. And the borrower cannot say that I'm forgiving on my rights. However, the rush holds, and this is also the halach in Turan Shulchan Aruch, that it's true that mechila would not help in the first instance, that means to give them to give ribis. Of course, you're not allowed to give ribis, because as I said before, every single ribis is really a concept of mechila, but the Torah does not allow it. However, if the ribis was taken already, and now it's a matter of giving it back, so the mechila would help that the Malva the lender, does not have to give it back, just as would be the case... In theft, for example, and robbery, where if the guy is Moichel, if the person who the money was taken from is Moichel, then the thief would not have to give back the money. Now, the reason why the geonim say that mechila does not help at all by rebus, even after the Loiva had given it willingly to the Malva, even though seemingly this idea that the toyer is not Moichel is seemingly only in the first instance when the loiva is, is, is giving the interest at the beginning. But once he gave it already, seemingly we don't find in the Torah that there should be a problem with the loiva saying that I don't mind you not giving back the money. So what's the reason why it is a problem? The ritva explains the logic as follows, that the general concept of interest is very, very different to other sorts of collection of money in regards to stealing and deceiving, etc., Because in those cases, we say there's something called a shibud momoin. I right now have money that does not rightfully belong to me. It's my money, so to speak, that's obligated, is subject to this particular debt, and it has to give back the money. I have to give back the money that's not mine. However, in this case, it's an obligation that the Torah gave me that I have to get rid of. I have to give back That Isur, I have to return that interest money that came to me in Isur, I have to give it up. It's similar, the Ritva says, to a concept that according to some opinions, paying back a debt is also just a mitzvah that the Torah gives rather than saying, my money is obligated to be returned, the money that's owed to somebody else. However, there's a difference that in the case of a debt where I owe a person money, so since I owe it to the person, even if that was a mitzvah for me to give it, but since I owe it to the person, the person could be moichel and say, I say, I don't mind and I don't have, and then the person doesn't have to give him back the money. But here, the ritva explains according to these goingim, you owe the money to Hashem, so to speak. And therefore, the fact that your chaver is being moichel does not help. In other words, what these geonim are basically saying, by saying, by telling us, that really every ribis is a case of mechila, what they're saying is, that since every time giving interest, is technically saying that the borrower is not minding giving the money, but the Torah was not moichol, the Torah says it's asur. that itself tells us, that when a person took ribis, and now he needs to give it back, It's not like ordinary money that he just owes to his friend, because I said before the person was meichel on the money. Rather, this is something that the Torah asked and the Torah placed on the malva now a mitzvah, an obligation, and an uh, obligation to Hashem to give back the money. And in this particular obligation, he is meshubad; he is subject to Hashem rather than to the other person. And therefore the Mechila does not help ribbis even after the lender has already received the money because he's not going to be Yotza, his obligation to Hashem, until he gives back, he gives up that Isur that he absorbed, that he had taken. What would be the logic of the Rosh, the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch that say the Mechila does help ribbis, and therefore the lender would not have to give it back once he got it already? So they would say as follows, that even though, yes, it's true that giving back the ribis is an obligation that the Torah placed on me, that Hashem placed on me, and it's not just because I have money that doesn't belong to me and therefore the money needs to be returned. As the ritva said, nevertheless, the obligation that the Torah gave me is not that I owe it to Hashem, rather Hashem gave me an obligation to return the money that I took from somebody else unlawfully. And therefore, the obligation is to give it back to this friend. And if that's the case, he could be Michael. And as the ritva says, according to the other opinion, the opinion of the Goenim, that the concept of giving back ribis, because of this obligation that the tighter placed on me, again, not because it's just that I have money that doesn't belong to me, is similar to the opinion that says that paying a debt is a mitzvah. But as I said before, the ritva is explaining that there is a difference according to those goonim of paying a regular debt and paying ribis. That by paying a regular debt, the person you owe money to is the other person, the friend that you took the money from, and therefore mechila could help. In this case, it's like you're owing the money to Hashem, and therefore the mechila does not help. Whereas the rosh... And the other opinions, the Shulchan Aruch, etc., which says that mechila does help, they would say that even though yes, it is an obligation from the toyer to receive to return the money, but it's still the obligation of the toyer is to give the money that I took from my friend, and it's not like I owe it to Hashem, and therefore my friend could be Moichel that particular money. The bottom line of all of the siddur says is that really both according to the gaonim as well as the rush and the Shulchan Aruch, the. This money, this ribis that the Malva has, is considered his money. And it's not really belonging to the other person on its own, that now I have his money and I need to return it. Rather, as said before, it's the Abishta, the is saying, I did an Isra and I need to give back this money. But it's not that the money technically is the le- borrowers. Rather, the money, now that I have it, is the lenders. It's the Malva's. But the Torah wants me to give it back to, to be Beyoitzah the Mitzvah of giving it back. Says the Rebbe, based on this concept, that the money, once it came to the Malva, once it came to the lender, technically is his. It's only that Hashem wants him to give it back. We can explain a certain aspect in the returning of Ribbiz, and that is, the halach is that a person that lent on ribbis and he wants to do chuv and he wants to uh, return the ribbis. We actually don't take it from him. And even though we don't take it from him, the Allah says, he has to try to give it back, lots of shemayim, but the Midas is not to accept the money from him. What does this all mean? What's the explanation of this? So the Rebbe explains as follows. The Razal tell us that the Torah is concerned about the money of a Yid. Why is that? Because there's, we know there is a halacha that everything you need, you do needs to be for the sake of Hashem. In all of your ways you should know Hashem. In other words, everything that you have needs to be utilized from Hashem. And if you have money, you have to fulfill this halacha with it as well. With all of your money you need to be serving Hashem. And as the Rambam says, you shouldn't have in mind just for the collection of money just to become richer, but rather to do all of the good things that a Yid needs to do with the money. To put it in the style and the language of Chassidus, in the money of a Yid there is holy sparks which are connected to your neshama. Now, since the Abish just set up the world in a particular way, that a person, the nature of the world is, that a person could earn money by lending somebody else on interest. And furthermore, it makes sense that why, because I'm waiting for my money to be returned to me. In the meantime, I'm earning some interest on it. I'm being paid, so to speak, for this weight. So it's understood that these sparks and this interest also have a connection to my neshama. Now, the fact is the Torah came along and Aser the said, it's not allowed. That means that you don't have the ability to elevate those sparks and therefore the way to deal with these particular sparks and with this particular issue is what Chassidus calls B'derech Dachiyah. You have to push them away, as in the sparks of all things that are forbidden. So that's initially. However, once the Malvet got the money of ribis, now it became part of his money. And as we said, as far as the money itself, there wouldn't really be even a chiv to return it. It's the Abish that comes along in the Torah and says, you have a mitzvah to return it. If that's the case. So even though he was he was over on the Yisr and now he needs to return to ribis. However, if there's any other way, any possibility that he shouldn't have to return it, he has to. Then we have to make sure that the ribis does stay by him, because as I said before, these sparks are really connected to his neshama. As I said before, this was part of his money originally, and he was earning money on it. This is the natural way. Although the Torah said you shouldn't really be doing it this way. This is the inner reason according to the, the, that why that is based on Midas Hussidus. We don't take back the ribis from someone that wants to be Yoytzev for Hashem. Because these Nitzaytzes, these sparks were that were in that money of ribis are actually connected to the Neshama of this smalva, And therefore, if possible, in other words, if we did a proper chuva, etc., we want to make sure that he keeps those sparks. So that based on all of this, we can now explain the reason why it's actually a mitzvah to take ribis from the goy even though of course when Allah to take his money away either through stealing or deceiving. Because these sparks that are in the money of the ribis that the guy is paying is the sparks that actually belongs to the lender to the Yid. And he was the one that was supposed to elevate those sparks from the uh, domain of Klippa and elevate them to Kedusha. Says the Rebbe based on this we can understand that there's an opinion that when it says the mit, there's a mitzvah to give a goy, an interest, it's not only to take the interest, but it's even a mitzvah to lend him lechatchila in order to take interest. Because from the actual fact that the goy needs the Yid to lend him money, that proves that there are sparks in the money of the goy that are, belong to the Yid. And therefore it's a mitzvah to lend him in order to take the ribes from him, in order to elevate those sparks as well to Kedusha.